Welcome to A Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. Today, my guest uh, is showing you you don't need to wait for a good bagel to come. Sometimes you just need to, you know, just take a matter into your own hands and start actually baking and selling them yourself. Let me introduce you to my friend, Jeff Pereira of Jeff's Bagel Run. What's going on, Jeff? Anthony, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I know your day gets really, really busy. Um, You know, you're constantly making bagels and uh, and I can't wait for people to kind of hear your story of how you actually started it. Um, I know you actually started this in November of 2019, but how did you get started and why bagels? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, um, I was laid off from my job in August of 19. So this is pre-pandemic. Uh, I was the, I was the, you know, I guess the primary provider. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. We had two kids at home, and I, you know, I had that experience of coming home without a job, and that was frightening. Um, the good thing was is that we, we had somewhat of a plan. She was on her way back to work, and it was sort of a scramble to see who could get a job first. She landed a great gig with her old company. And uh, I was going to become the primary caregiver for our children and the stay-at-home dad, which was a, a role I was really looking forward to after working for 25 years. And then we had some overlap. We were driving to get bagels and we were going to Winter Park. We're out here in Winter Garden. So 40, 45 minute drive. It just seemed like it was a, it seemed ridiculous, honestly, that we couldn't get a good bagel nearby. So we took matters into our own hands. She uh, challenged me to start making a bagel. Mind you, I'd never made fresh dough in my life. I mean, I bake stuff from boxes, but never, never had I uh, created something from scratch. And it was, uh, it was quite the experience over a few months trying to get the right bagel and lots of, lots of good bread, made lots of good round bread, but we didn't really ever, uh, took a little while, I should say, to get to, to what we have today. So that, that is actually crazy. And you're right. Um, it is hard to find good bagels, especially in like New York style bagels. Um, so I definitely know because obviously I'm from up north. So I and I've always heard and, and this is kind of one of the, I was kind of curious about this. I've always heard that it's water that makes it um, without obviously sharing all the secrets, because I know you've done quite a bit of research. What is, you know, what does it make? What does it take for to make your bagel so chewy and kind of have that great bagel up north taste? Because that's one of the things, I mean, you're bit, I love your bagels and that's one of the reasons why I love it, but how do you actually get it that way? Is it, you know, what, what exactly is it? Yeah. Our bagel is a New York style bagel. So sometimes it's referred to as a water bagel. This is a bagel that is boiled before it's baked. And it seems counterintuitive to put dough into boiling water, but it, that poaching that takes place really creates a a chemical reaction between the starches and the gluten and forms that seal on the outside, creating that crust. And then once that crust gets into the oven and starts to harden, it really starts to, the, the bagel has nowhere to go. So it just starts expanding inside itself. And then as those gl- those strands of gluten become tougher and tougher, flavors continue to develop and that chewiness that everyone enjoys in a good New York style bagel comes through. That that's awesome. I actually I love the fact that you have uh you've done so much research and the fact that you went through and you know did the YouTubes and did all that just to try to find what it is. And 
Um, it's kind of, it's funny. It's funny that I'm having this conversation with you today because my wife just started watching Shit's Creek, um, just recently. And this just happened to be the episode today that she watched was, I don't know if you've watched Shit's Creek or not. Um, but was one of the episodes where he was talking about creating, um, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, what do you think we should, uh, we should open a business. And he was kind of giving an example. And the example that he gave was there's no bagel shops in, in the area. We should consider opening a bagel shop. And so it made me chuckle because mm-hmm. as we're watching this, like literally at six o'clock in the morning, we're watching this. Um, I'm like laughing because I knew who I'm talking to today. So I was like, that's hilarious that, you know, that I'm out of all that's people. Awesome. And the fact that you it's the same idea. You basically started it because of the fact that there wasn't one in your area um, to go for. And the fact that also you're and the, the fact I mean, the, what's really a testament to your work on what you've done is you know, I know because I'm one of them, I drive 45 minutes now to have to pick up your bagels. Um, so I definitely understand, understand yeah. um, the fact that, that you want a good, good, you know, good bagel for that. Um, and we appreciate that. You know, and I think, um, you know, one of the interesting things about living here in Florida is that um, there are so many transplants from the Northeast and, or up North, right. Where there's a there's a bagel shop on every corner. Mm-hmm. There really is. I mean, and, and you can say that, but it is like a, it's a thing. And you can, whether you're in New Jersey driving down route nine and you hit a jug handle, there's three bagel shops on every jug handle. If you're in New York city on long Island, wherever you are, my wife grew up in long Island. There's a bagel shop. Every other, you know, traffic light, every other intersection has it. So it's something that's missing here. And uh, you know, we we're happy to fill that void where we can. No, and I absolutely love the uh, how the growth that you've had in, in the in the amount of time and the and the notoriety, which is great. How so? How exactly does it work with like cottage law? Like, how do you and you making bagels? Like, how did you go about getting that? Because I I know like you know you're obviously going and make you know you started off making a few dozen and now you're, you're cranking out you know baking hundreds um any you know any week to the masses. So like how how exactly did you go about trying to figure that part out? Um, and then if like, especially if someone wanted to do that and kind of be like, Oh, I want to do, I want to bake my own thing. Like, how did you go about researching and, and, you know, basic gist of cottage law? What is that exactly? That's a really great question because I think there's a lot of, a lot of people out there who are doing something from home right now that fits into this category. So the, I think it was 2012, Florida introduced a cottage food law. Um, and this is cottage refers to like a cottage home and creating a bakery. There's other items you can produce at home that are non-perishable, that have stable shelf life, that create, um, a, a thing they are. So there's not a lot of chance for foodborne illness. I think that's one of the big keys to the cottage food law, but how'd I find out about it? It was a simple Google search. I mean, Anthony, the internet wins every time. I mean, every single time. So I just Googled, you know, start a baking business from home. And the amount of information that was there was great. Uh, There was, you know, others sharing their personal stories, similar to like what we're doing today. But there's also uh, a lot of information at the government level that allowed you to understand exactly what you need to do. So for me, bagels are one of those inherently food safe items. There's, uh, it's bread, you know, anything that's bread basically fits into the cottage food laws for being a home baker. There are some challenges that we um, we face on a, 
on a regular basis. And I think it's just based on the popularity of the product. A lot of, a lot of people want to wholesale our bagels and use their bagels in their shop or in what, you know, whether it's for a sandwich shop or a breakfast um, brunch spot, but we can't do that. So we can only sell direct to consumer through markets or online. And I think the limiting factor there keeps distribution low, which I guess theoretically keeps the population safe if something were to go wrong or if someone was to be doing something that wasn't appropriate or not following good hygiene guidelines. No, that, that makes total sense. What, um, what advice would you give someone who, who is a baker or someone who wants to start a business from home? That's a great question. I, I had entrepreneurship in my blood. Um, my father was a serial entrepreneur and had multiple businesses as I was growing up. I didn't follow that route after I graduated college. I went and I got a corporate job and I did that for 20 years. Like I was, I want a paycheck every week. I want to make sure that I can secure my family because I also went to the hardships of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And it's not easy. It's not for everyone. And taking a hobby like baking bagels for your family and friends and turning it into a business has been a difficult road. So I know a lot of people can go on Instagram and Facebook and it seems like it's easy, but it's not, (laughs) it is not. And you know, you know, it's not easy. It takes work. It takes effort. And, um, my advice to anybody who's at home today thinking I can do that. I make great chocolate chip cookie, or I make a delicious carrot cake. My suggestion is do it. Just bake it, give it to your friends, give it to your family and see what they say. You know, it's a really, really important thing to take the first step because if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to have a business. You're not going to have something that can grow. Uh, so I say, take that first step, be brave, be courageous. It will, uh, it will pay off. Even if you don't succeed at first, it will pay off. No, that's some great, uh, that's some great advice there. Um, one of the things that I know when I came by to pick up bagels the last time I was kind of curious on, cause I started looking in your garage and I started seeing uh, refrigerators and I started seeing, yeah. cause I mean, that's a lot of, you you have, you have, you need a lot of um like space, I guess, refrigerated space to be able to kind of keep everything while things are the dough and all that stuff, mixers and things like that. Um, was it just a progression? Like you kind of started off like, you know, cause I, I always joke around when I tell people, um, like I kind of tell people, Hey, I like, listen, you may have really expensive taste, but I'm like, you're, I have like beer budget with the champagne taste, uh, you know, and you kind of have to start small and then from there start building, um, you know, kind of what you're trying to create. And there's a lot of angles that you can, sometimes there's a lot of things that you can do that are, are inexpensive, to get you started. And then obviously as you progress and grow, then you, and you have more money to invest, you can kind of grow from there. Is that kind of what you've done um, on your end, especially with like mixing of the dough and things like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we started out a true home baker, you know, very novice. Um, We didn't even have a proper stand mixer in the house. We just had a a hand blender that we would use to mix, you know, like I said, box cakes or box brownies in the past. And so I started out making all of my dough by hand, hand mixing bagel dough, like flour into water, stirring with my hand. You know, when a recipe calls for you to knead dough for 10 minutes, it really is 10 minutes of constant moving and action. And so I did this at the beginning, very slow, really no, there's definitely no potential there to scale. You know, it's very, very challenging to make all that product by hand. 
um, and keep it consistent. Mm -hmm. So we decided probably about a month into it to invest in a mixer. And that was the first real purchase that we made, um, bought a KitchenAid stand mixer for a few hundred dollars at Costco. And that was a game changer. I mean, I can't tell you how thankful my forearms were to that mixer because we were, we were able to make a lot more dough a lot faster. And this was still in the test phases. So we hadn't even landed on our recipe yet. And it was, um, it was nice to be able to move a little faster through some test phase and, and be able to figure out what was going to be Jeff's bagel. And um, yeah, you saw the fridges when you were here. That's a, those are, that's always an interesting story. So we refrigerate our dough overnight, somewhere between 18 and 24 hours, depending on when I make it in the morning, but it, it's a critical step to the process because without that refrigeration and that cold fermentation, the yeast doesn't get a chance to develop and the flavors within the bagel don't become as, as full or, and as, and as bold. So it's a, it is a critical step in the bakery science of what takes place and the refrigeration slows down that yeast growth and the, uh, the development of flavors happens. So we have five refrigerators at our house right now. We had just one normal refrigerator in our, in our kitchen, like most people do. Uh, we decided that it was time to make an upgrade to that. And so we upgraded the kitchen fridge and it became the garage fridge, also known as the bagel fridge in our household. And, um, and then we thought we needed another one because orders were starting to pick up as we got into January of last year. And so we, we picked up a free one on the Facebook marketplace, which was pretty awesome. And then we found that we filled that fridge with like 12 dozen bagels on orders, plus the one we already had. So now we're needing a little bit more space. So we went on the hunt and we found another one on Facebook marketplace, <laughs> picked up a U-Haul and went and snagged a fridge from someone's garage. Um, yeah, so, but it took time, you know, Anthony, it took time to get there. It took time to understand what our needs were and where our, the choke points in the business became from a production process and refrigeration seemed to be that, that spot. And that really picked up in, in March of last year. So right about a year ago when um, the pandemic was really starting to take hold and we had, you know, one, there's a lot of fear. There was a lot of people who were being asked to stay home from their jobs. And then, you know, businesses were closing and, you know, I know we're here in the Orlando area and you know, my wife and I, Danielle and I joked a lot about how like, oh, we're going to be okay until Disney shuts down. And then, oh my gosh, Disney shut down. You know, it's like, this is, this is real, right? Like, yeah, you're not, <laughs> this is real. So we, um, that's when we really got, I think that's when we got the third fridge and it was time for us to to really ramp up our production and get ready for what turned out to be a long lockdown and but also a a boom for our business. No, I I, I agree with that. And I one thing I was kind of curious about there's that you brought up when it came to especially since I know that you enjoy it sounds like you actually do enjoy the science of it. Um, I was talking to someone who's a pizza maker, and when I was chatting with them, one of the big things that he talked about was the yeast. Um, the amount of yeast and how, how you have to kind of 
based on the location where you're at and the humidity and all those things, depending on where you're at. So I could only imagine you going through that process because you even if you rec- you know wanted to recreate a New York bagel, you have to kind of almost factor that part in, right? Like almost like, you know, like you, your recipe you see in New York is totally different than when in, in Florida, just because of the humidity and all in the, in the atmosphere, you know, and the pressure and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So baking is a science. And I think that it's not, it's a creative space for people who enjoy the culinary arts, but it is definitely more restricted in Mm -hmm. that there are certain rules, you know, there are definitely rules to baking as compared to if you were a cook or a chef and you're just experimenting with flavors and, you know, just throwing stuff into a pot to see what comes out. Um, you, you, you get some pretty sloppy dough if you add too much water or you don't have enough salt or you don't have the right mix of ingredients. Um, we have a really simple bagel recipe and, um, the water and the amount of hydration in the dough becomes very critical. So I've really enjoyed the winter. And as it's been drier here in Florida, the humidity has been down, but that first, you know, November, I guess it was probably that first, but as we rolled through November uh, had been a year since I was, you know, and I really last November is when I was uh, in 19, right? So that's when we started and then 2020 November, we were rolling and the weather changed. I mean, I was like, what did I do? My bagels aren't the same. Like, it was like, I had to learn that. And um, yeah, you make those adjustments for humidity, you add water, you take water away and it's, uh, it's delicate and you don't know because you mix it and you're rolling the dough, you're manipulating it, you're, you're touching it, you feel it and you think, oh, this is right. And then the next day you're like, this isn't right. <laughs> Cause it's a, it is a 24 hour process. So um it's, it's been a learning, but we're getting good at it. We're getting good. Yeah. It's, um, I always joke around with my daughter about that because she's a baker. She likes baking pies and things like that. And I am one of, I am, I tell her, I'm like, I am no baker. I like to cook. I like to play around with flavors like that, but there is a science and there's a math to it and a precision. And I, I am the type that he's like, let's throw more of this in. And it, and I totally botch it. So yeah, no, uh, I totally understand that. So Talking about food, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a few questions when it comes to sandwiches, obviously, because um, I definitely obviously want to talk sandwiches with you. One, do you have mm-hmm. a favorite? And we'll we'll go. I'm gonna make yours a two parter because I feel like I'm gonna I want to have like unless it's obviously you give me an answer that's gonna be the same, but like a, you know kind of in the same I guess area. My first question is I guess we'll go with what's your favorite sandwich? We'll go with that one first. I knew you're going to ask this question. I've been thinking about it and it's hard for the bagel guy to that's the reason why not I want talk to, about a bagel sandwich. So, so and that's, the reason, that's the reason why that's ex- you, 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 you're in my mindset because that's exactly what it is. I don't want, I didn't want to make you feel like you couldn't pick one. So that's, so that's exactly why, why I'm asking my first part is that that's the reason why I was trying to properly say it, I guess, like we'll, <laughs> we'll do, we'll do your favorite bagel vessel sandwich, like your ba- favorite bagel sandwich. And then what's your favorite sandwich is those are my two questions. Okay. So my favorite sandwich, if I'm, it's gotta be a French dip. I, I just love that dipping the bread into the, into the au jus and getting that like just running, like runs down your face when you eat it, it's messy, but it's that's just a French dip. A good French dip is, is where it's at for me from a sandwich perspective. Okay. 
That's good. That's some good. I like that one. That's a really good one. I think for me, the when I think about a bagel vessel, bagel as a vessel for a sandwich, um, I immediately go to a bacon, egg and cheese. That's a bacon, egg and cheese was my, I mean, it's classic. It's my go-to, but when you have that nice fresh bagel, not toasted, this is another controversy we can talk about if you want to, but a not toasted fresh bagel with some cheese, some crispy bacon, a slightly undercooked, like scrambled soft egg. Oh, it's just, it's, it's decadent. It's, it's the perfect breakfast sandwich in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely agree in the sense of I, I enjoy a good um, it's funny because when I think of bagels, because I started thinking about like, what are things that I eat with a bagel um, when I make a sandwich and the two things that I think of, I don't know why, but it's automatic. One is the, the typical breakfast, obviously, like you said, the, the bacon, you know, bacon, egg and cheese, or for me, maybe like a Taylor ham, uh, egg and cheese. Um, I also, and I think I've actually told you this, I'm a huge fan of doing egg in a hole, but with like a bagel hole. So making yeah. the bagel hole a little bit bigger and then cooking the egg. And then I make it so that the, I basically make it so that the inside is where the egg cooks. So that way, when you turn it inside out to make your sandwich, the yolk breaks and it breaks into like everything else, the cheese, the, the ham or bacon and all that stuff inside of it. So I totally agree with that. Um, And then the other thing that I love, and I don't know what it is, but as soon as I, I, I I I don't know why it brings me to, I always want to do like a tuna fish uh, bagel sandwich. I I don't know what it is, but like during lunch, like especially when I'm home, if there's a bagel, I usually will make a tuna fish and I'll have it as a bagel, like either as a bagel sandwich, or I'll actually just scoop the bagel, put it on top of the tuna fish and then eat it that way. Um, but it is, um, yeah, there's some, uh, there's some interesting, uh, that's, th- those are some good picks. So I'm kind of curious now let's talk about the whole, the whole toasting aspect. What, um, tell me about that and your, so do you ever toast your bagels? I mean, I definitely know I appreciate a good chewy soft bagel right off the bat, but sometimes obviously I toast it. So when do you toast and when do you not toast? So I think it's appropriate to toast a bagel on day two or if you've stored a bagel in the freezer and you want to heat it up quickly, you know, I think that's when it's appropriate to toast. So my opinion, fresh bagel, like that day fresh, don't, don't toast it. If you're the type that wants to leave it on the counter and have it the next day, I think it's acceptable to toast the bagel at that point, because you want to, you want to bring some of that crispiness into it. Uh, The flavor doesn't, the flavor doesn't go away when you toast it. It just gives it a little bit more crispiness. And then certainly toasting it if you've free, if you've frozen it as a storage method is, is acceptable. And uh, usually when I freeze it, and you tell me if this is proper bagel protocol, when I freeze the bagel, um, what I tend to do is I take, I'll take it out and then I'll do, I'll grab a paper towel and I'll run it underwater and then I squeeze it out. So it's like a damp paper towel. I wrap my paper, my bagel, throw it in the microwave, maybe like 30, 40 seconds, just so that way the moisture of the, of the paper towel comes back into the bagel. Um, and then from there, then I slice it and then I toast it is usually kind of how I go. Or if not, I put it in the oven and I let it, I bake it in the oven and I retoast it in the oven. Yeah, both of those are totally acceptable. Um, I think when you're in a pinch and you've got to microwave it, you're doing the right thing by wrapping it in the paper towel. Our preferred method at the bagel run to reheat is to wrap it individually in some aluminum foil, pop it in the oven from right from frozen. And when that thing comes out, it 
it's like it's fresh. It's well, how day long, one fresh. It's how delicious. long are we looking at when you uh, when you put it in uh, aluminum foil wrap in the oven? How long? What are we looking at? Three fifty? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Fifteen to twenty. Yep, 350, 15 to 20 minutes and uh, halfway through, flip it over. Just give, make sure it's getting heated through evenly, but that's going to be like a fresh baked bagel. It's delicious. I love it. I love, I love all this uh, sandwich and food talk. It's, it's getting me hungry actually. I know uh, it's that time and day. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so days. yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a good one. Um, so the other thing I, I really wanted to talk to you about, because um, obviously we, we got introduced to each other um, through social media, um, which is kind of how I pretty much tend to find people and then create you get you kind of based on that, you kind of create that relationship and, and interaction and all of that. Um, so obviously, I know that you and I are huge fans and advocates of the power of social media and word of mouth. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on how do you get folks to share and spread the word? I get asked this a lot by by my own like people who have other businesses because they they are always like how come people are posting and sharing your stuff? Um, and I'm kind of curious on you know I, I kind of figure I want to ask someone else the question. Um, how do you get folks to actually share it and tell people you know get that word of mouth, which is like obviously priceless. Absolutely, and I think that's part of part of the grind, right? You know, we are a internet bakery. Like we and I think um trying to think uh, we are working on a physical location. We want to get into a shop so that we can expand our process, but our goal is to maintain being an internet bakery. You know, we started on Instagram and Facebook and we're going to stay there. You know, we will have a shop and we'll do live sales and we'll make sandwiches and we'll do all the stuff that people expect, but we really want to be able to just offer more and have more available. But it all started with Facebook groups and getting the word out to, you know, my, you know, Danielle's mom friends. And then it turned into my friends on Facebook and, and then it turned into an Instagram page and getting the bagels into the hands of people who really have a passion for your product is how you get them to share. So I was really fortunate early on to have some, some really enthusiastic bagel lovers come into our our circle of friends and they just shared constantly and consistently and as i figured out social media because my i'm learning this as i go you know i don't have any social media management experience but um, consistency pays off and the more you post the more you share the when people do share i think you've probably seen this if you reshare that that in that's so rewarding to the person who shared it originally because they're, they just, how they like feel. So I know I feel that way. I feel like super special when somebody's like, Oh my gosh, you're sharing something of mine. I'm going to reshare that. That's like, so it creates this energy and um, whether it's on Facebook or on Instagram, the algorithm picks up on that and creates more views and it pushes you up to the top of people's feeds. And then more and more people see, and when you have a product like food, it's just, and we're getting hungry just talking about it. Like yeah. when now put the visual in there, forget it. You know, it's a, it's a game over. So I think, um, I think get your products into the hands of people who are as passionate as you are about it and they'll share. And I think being organic about it is really, really important. I don't think you can force the issue. You have to, um, you have to really take that word of mouth and use 
I mean, the internet is a giant mouth though. That's the beautiful thing about it is that you can have the biggest mouth and the biggest microphone or megaphone that you want to have um, or the smallest. So use it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I, I think, I think there's that aspect. I think the other aspect of it is um, when people start finding out and seeing a genuineness um, or a passion for something that you're doing, um, people tend to gravitate towards it. And then, um, and then when they obviously it's like, so I've always kind of, uh, attributed something, something when it comes to these small businesses, like a good example is always for me, like I use like a food truck because a food truck is, um, you know, when you have a food truck or a small business like yours, where you are the face. So it's like it, you, it's not only you're the face of it. Um, but it's also your product. So when people find out that one, you're a heck of a nice guy, that you're passionate about this, that there's like something that you, that you love. And then when you try it, it becomes, it's almost like it, it elevates. And I think it's when you're a genuine person who actually loves what it is and you're providing a quality product. I think it's very easy for people to want to share and tell people about it because it's, they notice the little details or the other things. And, and, and especially when it comes to food, um, you obviously have like that bite. As soon as you get that bite or you finish that first bagel and your jaw hurts because you're not familiar with eating, um, a chewy bagel. Um, and it's been a while and you haven't had it because your body's not used to it. Cause you're, you know, you haven't had a Northern bagel in forever. Um, then you kind of, you just want to tell people about it, like, Oh my gosh, this stuff is amazing. So, um, so I totally understand and um, what you're saying about that and, and kind of, you know, and that's always been my message as well as like, I think people start sharing my things because they see the, the, the detail and the love that I have for what I'm trying to create and what I'm doing as well as also just mm -hmm. seeing, you know, when you post and you're interacting with your, with your customers and, and, and messaging and, and commenting and, and stuff like that, th those interactions, all, all those things basically create that equity with you and your community that you're building. Um, and I think that's so super important. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good stuff. Um, one of the, uh, I guess, I guess let's, let's talk about it. Cause obviously it's called Jeff's bagel run. Where can people follow you? Where, how can they try your bagels? Where can they order it? Um, give them, give, uh, give them some information on where they can go. And obviously I'm going to share it um, as well when I post about this, but I kind of just so that in case folks are, are getting hungry thinking about like, man, I could really go for a bagel right now. Where can they look up? And then what tips can you give them? There's the other one I want. What tips can you give them so that they can actually order? Because you sell out very quickly, my friend. Um, and so what what tips or tricks can you give them to make sure, assure them that they are actually going to be able to get some bagels when they order from you? Absolutely. So you can follow us on Instagram at Jeff's Bagel Run. Really easy to find us there. Also at Jeff's Bagel Run on Facebook. If you're, um, if you're looking to order, we take all of our orders online on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. at jeffsbagelrun.com. There's a reservations tab. And you're right, the orders go quickly. We offer anywhere between 80 and 120 unique orders each week based on a six or 12 pack of bagels. And um, it equates to about 1,000 to be maxed out one week at 1,400 bagels in one week. That was a a big, big week. My, <laughs> it was insanity, but we, we try to offer as many bagels as we can each week because we know that people want to get them. And so, um, if you're looking to get the bagels, I highly recommend using your Apple or Google pay 
options on your mobile device to order. About 86% of all of our orders come through mobile devices. And I would say that more than three quarters of them are either Apple or Google Pay through the device on the, on the site. So that's probably the best way. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, just because you have bagels in your cart doesn't mean they're yours. It's like, uh, yeah, I guess depending on your, I guess depending on your age, right? It's like when you used to go stand in line for concert tickets, or you were trying to get ticket your Ticketmaster locations all over the place, or if you're a you know a sneakerhead and you're trying to get the latest drop, whatever that might be. That's how we uh, so we do the bagels on Sunday nights, and they do go quick. Although the inventory has allowed us to have some slower sellouts, so instead of selling out in three to seven minutes, we're now selling out somewhere between like sixteen and twenty. So you have a little extra time which that's, uh, that's helpful if you forget or if you're you know, slow to make a decision in the, in the website. And you, um, and you guys started originally, you started out with what is it five, was it five bagels and now you've it's grown or is that kind of where the number is? What, what's the variety? Obviously you got like your traditional plane yeah. and then it just kind of builds. So sure. where are you at? Where are you, Cause I saw a French <sighs> toast one. Uh, I made a yeah French toast bagel. I, I I've been trying to have a little fun with it and experiment with different flavors, but we have, most of the traditional bagel shop flavors. So, you know, plain everything, sesame poppy. Um, I love the salt bagel. It's at my absolute favorite. So salt bagel is definitely in there. Um, we make an Asiago bagel. We make an Asiago everything. We uh, have cinnamon raisin. I'll do chocolate chip occasionally. French toast was kind of like a flavor of the month or a, a requested item for the last, uh, last market that we did. And I think that one will pop up again here at the end of the month when I have a few live events that we're doing. So that'll be fun to get French toast back, but people are always requesting and I'm always listening. You know, I think having open ears and delivering what your customers want makes a, makes for great business. No, I totally agree with that. Um, I thank you so much for, for being on, for being on um, and, and definitely taking some time during my lunch break. Um, well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Jeff of Jeff's Bagel Run uh, for being on and having lunch with me. Um, definitely make sure to check them out online. Uh, order your bagels. If you had it, by all means, give them, you know, rant and rave and, uh, and definitely post and post a picture, maybe a selfie with a bagel, uh, especially if it's a sandwich bagel sandwich uh, tag, both of us. Cause I, I love all that stuff. I love seeing your sandwich. So by all means, do that. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe, um, rate it, tell your friends about it. Um, if you want to support me, you can support my brand, Deli Fresh Threads, um, and do some shopping and tell your friends there. Um, thank you so much. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> <laughs>